Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to the 11 personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett, getting you ready for the Cats and the Gamecocks. Saturday night, sold out crowd at Kroger Field. Kentucky trying to avoid a losing streak. Uh, a common thread among Mark Stoops' seasons. They dropped three last year in a row after starting 6-0. and um, That 2018 team lost a couple back-to-back games, really derailed the season. Look, at the message has been, we still have our goals in front of us after that Ole Miss win, but we got to leave that loss in the past. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to get up off the mat here, um, see what they have. I think it's Nick, it's good, unlike last year. It's probably good that they're coming home. Last year they had to go road, road, um, go to Mississippi State, a place they never play well after that Georgia game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this year they get to come home and play a team they've had a lot of success with and the team they have um, a buddy rivalry with, I would say. So from that aspect, mm-hmm. I, I think that helps. But, um, you know, you're not, I, this is just – it's typically not a spot a Mark Stoops team plays well in. Uh, we have a decade – of data to tell us that. So seeing how uh, specifically the first loss, like the first big game loss. Um, so seeing how they bounce back from here, it's going to be um, it's what I'm most interested in Saturday night, because I think we can get into it. Kentucky's the better team here, but. Yeah. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a big spot. It's a huge spot for South Carolina. Um, it's one of their biggest games of the season. They've had two kind of weeks to get their bodies ready for this game and their, their plan ready for this game. So it's a big moment for them as well. And it's also a big moment for Kentucky. And so we're just going to have to see how that all plays out on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you alluded to it, but you know, South Carolina, they've had two weeks to beat up on bad teams. Now, Kentucky, they're all banged up. They're all banged up. We're not exactly sure who all is going to be available when they take the field. Uh, this Saturday, uh, Jeremy Flax injured his hamstring on that final drive. 
Um, you think you're going to get J.J. Uh, Weaver back, uh, which would be a net positive, but Jacquez Jones likely out at middle linebacker. So just a, just a lot of uncertainties. And as Stoops uh, pointed out on Wednesday's SEC teleconference, you know, like the mental – the, the mental part of the loss is one thing. He feels good about his team in that regard. But physically, they are pretty beat up. Uh, they're fortunate they don't have Mississippi State this week. They do have South Carolina team uh, that they should have uh, inferior or superior talent. So let's, let's go ahead and get into it, Luckett, because uh, I know we'll, we can start with the Big Blue Nation's favorite punching bag, Spencer Rattler. I don't know when it happened, but there's been this animosity with Spencer Rattler brewing for quite some time. Maybe it's because folks watch Nick Scalazzo on QB1. I don't I know. I think that's but what most of it goes back to, for sure. Just like hating on some punk-ass high school kid. It's like, man, what you if you don't like me now, you should have seen me back in 2010. I was a punk-ass high school kid. I know. Kid. We watched – we watched the first one in our house with Jake Fromm and Tate Martell. I've never seen someone make my wife more mad than Tate Martell on that show. Uh, I will <laughs> say, like that made her like steam coming out of her ears, mad. Um, so we, I, so I didn't get into the second season. Uh, maybe more for our mental mental well being here at the house, but <laughs> uh, because I've heard all the the stuff about Rattler, I've still never seen that. But I'm on your, I'm with you, Nick. Like it's a high school kid, man. He was a five star recruit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that just, he should be a cocky little should be a, yeah, right. head, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like that's just what he was. Um, but I do think some of it is the he was destined to be the next big thing in Lincoln Raleigh system. He was the preseason Heisman Trophy favorite. First and, high school quarterback to start for Lincoln Riley. First high school recruit. Yeah. Right, because he took yeah. all those transfers before that. And he actually didn't do that poorly from a numbers standpoint. But his team's blue leads, right? Like, um, I think it was Iowa State where they were up real big. And yeah. he starts throwing interceptions. And then it kind of goes haywire. Um, and, and so – even though he did get replaced by like a lot of it was Caleb Williams was just better and with that guy it wasn't necessarily because he was playing so poorly he couldn't play football so it was a big gift for South Carolina to get him in the transfer portal because historically they're terrible at quarterback play right like since they've joined the SEC they've had zero all SEC quarterback selections which is kind of hard to do. Like who, who's their best quarterback they've had? Connor Shaw, Steven Garcia, like yeah. Tannehill. Like they've stunk. So to get Spencer Rattler was a big deal. But as we've seen so far, Luckett, it hasn't really amounted to much. Yeah, I think back to Rattler, the thing was the, the offense just couldn't hit with at Oklahoma. They just couldn't get to that level of turbo drive that they usually been able to get with really good quarterbacks. Um, there was kind of a ceiling with Rattler, and that led to some of the struggles uh, you saw. And even after a year starting and kind of having an offseason under his belt, he came back last year and just they couldn't couldn't do it. They had to pull him against Texas and Red River. Caleb Williams leaves the game winning comeback, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the end of the story for him. So he comes to South Carolina with all these tools, and you're right. That was the, the big selling point was South Carolina's just never had a quarterback this talented. And so that was – Everybody wanted to believe in. Um, there was a famous line with Marcus Satterfield um, where he says, everybody thinks you suck. Everybody thinks I suck. Let's join forces and prove them wrong. Um, <laughs> that could be famous last don't, don't put That's not maybe not verbatim, but it's pretty close to that. Um, <laughs> that's not looking like the best line right now. Um, they're, just, they're just having some struggles on offense. Like, Nick, it's more than just Rattler. Like, he needs to play better for them. And, like, when they get in this SEC grind now, they're going to have to turn him loose and see what happens and live with the results. But they just had, like, weird personnel usage on offense. You go back to SEC media days, the two big names outside of Rattler at South Carolina were Jaheim Bell, the dude all tied in, and Josh Van coming back at receiver. And Van was a problem – I mean, he, he, he's, he's been very good for them for quite some time as a explosive, over-the-top yeah. kind of deep play threat, right? Van led them in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and he had – he was up there in, like, catches of 25-plus yards in the conference, I believe. 
So he was like their legit deep ball threat, and he just he's disappeared, Nick. He only has nine targets in five games, three receptions. They said Jaheim Bell, they're going to use him in all these different ways. Um, his usage rate has severely gone down since the opener against Georgia State. So there's just some weird stuff going on with South Carolina. Like, why aren't these guys um, involved more? And then you look at the receivers. Like, they, uh, Jalen Brooks was kind of their third or fourth best receiver last year. He's now their clear number two guy. Uh, he's not anything special. I would say he's having a solid year, but he's not anything special. Um, Antoine Wells Jr., uh, Juice Wells, they added from James Madison. He's probably, He's their number one target this year. But the passing game as a whole, they've hit on some big chunk plays, but the efficiency is really, really, really bad. I believe they're 90th or so in passing success rate. The passing game has just been bad. Rattler's thrown seven interceptions. He's made a lot of mistakes. Nick, only one team in college football has turned it over more than South Carolina. Utah State mm-hmm. has 15 turnovers this season. South Carolina's tied mm-hmm. with about eight or nine teams with 13 turnovers. Um, so mm-hmm. ball security is a big deal. Of passing game efficiency. And really the one good thing they have going for them right now is Marshawn Lloyd, who was a top 50 recruit out of DeMatha Catholic in the DMV. He blew his knee up first year. You know, he's just now getting back to full speed. He's been really good for them here these last couple of games. In the Charlotte game, he was awesome. Um, but you kind of dig deep into them, like the passing yeah. game, Nick, like third – the tight ends and the running backs have like 40 receptions of the 120 or so completions. Like a lot of it is just nothing's open. Let's, let's dink it down or let's run screen, a bunch of screens. So for Kentucky, it's can South Carolina, can you like Kentucky do what they do? Give, take away the big play, make South Carolina can the throw down the field. What they show us so far is they're going to have a hard time doing that. Um, so for Kentucky on that, that aspect is fine. I'm not really worried about the Kentucky defense this week, as I'm kind of rambling here. But um, it's really – this week is all about the offense because we know what Kentucky, Kentucky is on defense. To me, it's more – not even – it's not it's when Rattler's off the field this week. Um, to me, this whole game is what Kentucky does on offense. Well, and I, I, I did dive in because uh, I keep up a little bit. You know, we'll keep tabs with the other team sites at On3. Gamecock Central had some stories about – uh, Marshawn Lloyd having big back-to-back weeks. He had 169 yards against Charlotte, 80 yards against South Carolina State. It's not on a ton of carries. It's a lot of big plays kind of stuff, right? 15 carries, yeah. 169 yards. Well, they, they have OL, they have offensive line issues as well. I mean, they're running quick pitches, and they're trying to get him out on the edge. Um, you could argue that South Carolina's offensive line has been as bad as Kentucky's to this point in the season. I don't think that's a crazy argument. These are the might be the two worst offensive lines in the SEC we've seen yes. uh, to this point in the year on the field Saturday. Um, but it's kind of a get-right spot for Kentucky's offense, uh, yeah. specifically the running game. You look at oh. some of the ru- rushing numbers we can get into right here. I mean, they're, they're bad for South Carolina. Really bad. Um, and I don't know if you had them pulled up. I was reading some of your bow blast earlier that had them. Uh, giving up what four and a half yards per carry, eighty fifth nationally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not great. Um, they've they've never really been great at stop run. If you yeah. look back at Chris Rodriguez's best games as a Wildcat, they're almost all against South Carolina. Um, I asked him about it Tuesday. He's just like, it's really nothing to it. I just I don't know South Carolina. It's like yeah, it's just South Carolina. They they give up the run well, and and we can get more into South Carolina, but from Kentucky's side of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to – I can sift my way through Mark Stoops' comments pretty well. Still trying to figure out Rich Gangarello, right? Like, I can't tell when he's just full of it or not. I'm glad you're saying that because <laughs> Taylor asked me, what. well, that sounds pretty good, right, what he was saying. I was like, you can't, like – you can't take much of what he says. Like, we just got to kind of see it on the field because – Yeah, yeah. And I at least – from his standpoint, this is – it's like we're close. It's 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 getting there. It's it's and the the reason why I can give him some benefit of the doubt to this point is that you are breaking in a bunch of new offensive linemen, right? They've rarely been healthy at the same time. You didn't have your good running back until you actually played an old miss defense that isn't like most defenses you'll typically play. Um, so you're gonna get kind of some weird looks in that three, two, five, right? So I can I can give him a little bit of rope, but like this is a game where you, you should probably rush for 200 yards, right? 
200 non-sack yards? Yeah, I mean, you should push it. I'm not going to set, like, a bar for them, but they should have some success on the ground. Like, this is the week here. Um, South Carolina's down two front seven starters. Nick, Chris Rodriguez in his career, 46 carries, 348 yards, four touchdowns, 7.6 yards per pop. Um, Carolina had 117th in defensive rush success rate, 113th in EPA per rush. These are from CFB graphs. They're just they're bad stopping the run. That is the weakness of the team. Like I mentioned earlier, two front seven starters out. Kentucky needs to be able to run the football this week. They just they have to be able to run the football. Um, they can win the game probably without really establishing the run, um, but it's going to make everything easier if they can go in here and hammer the rock and just it's going to open things up for everyone else. Um, so I think yeah. it's really important that this is the tw- number twenty four. This is kind of a twenty two to twenty five touch game for me. He needs to. He needs to get the ball in his belly, and you need to let him move the chains and set set you up in good situations. Yeah, Chris got uh, 19 carries, and he also had three or four receptions um, in that Ole Miss game. And he even admitted to, you know, he was feeling gassed there in the second half. And that's that's very much a you can't play your way. Like you you kind of have to play your way into shape, right? Like there was going to be some rust. It was the first time he's gotten hit without one of those guardian things on since December. There, there was just going to be s- some natural um, kinks to work out, right? Like he's just got to play his way through it. You got that game under your belt at Ole Miss. Now you're playing a, a inferior uh, opponent. And the thing is, too, like it, especially saw some pretty cool schemed up runs. You know, you had the tight end around that was a good for a first down. Uh, you. you you had that cool uh, – it was technically a pass to Tavion Robinson, but the way he's been using the run game, we'll call that a run. They've, they've schemed up some good stuff, but this is a game where you, in theory, should be able to just line it up and go right down their damn throat. Yeah, I will say they've been – there are times when they block it really well. Uh, Rodriguez's 10-yard touchdown, they got a great kickout block from Tayshawn Manning. They got movement at the point of attack. It was right there. It was blocked very well. But there's sloppiness, too. They, like, they barely got the handoff off to Cummings on that jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Like, the motion was just – the timing of the motion was just off. And then we could get into the snap count. I mean, it's just – it's sloppy. They're just sloppy. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, they've got to get all that fixed. Uh, to me, I'm sitting here wondering, like, do they have, like, too much on their plate? Like, is that call sheet too thick? Yeah, they need to just figure out what they do well and just do that and dress it up in formations. Um, maybe that's yeah. Maybe that could solve some problems, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not over there. You're not in there. Yeah, right. I haven't seen enough. <laughs> so, but it. They're so close to breaking through that. Like I really do think that. Like you see, the upside with this offense. Yeah, you see yeah. the weapons at receiver. You know Levis can make all these throws. You know what Rodriguez is as a tailback. You know, the tight ends, I think, blocking-wise, has been a pretty big disappointment. But in space, we've seen Dene Dingle make throws. We've seen uh, – or make catches. We've seen Upshaw in the past. They've got weapons here. It's just like figuring it all out. And once they figure it out, they can really be humming. But how do you trust them to get there at this point? You're just going to have to see it, right? I, I just need them to see it. They need to have an offensive explosion, and we need to see it. And because of South Carolina's run defense, that should make things easier. And you go back to last year, Nick, they ran for 250 yards. Kentucky won this game last year despite negative three in the turnover column. It's because they were plus 200 on the ground. They just controlled the entire game. Um, So if they can go in there and do that here, it's going to – that eliminates room for error when you're kind of a big – when you're two-possession favorite in a game uh, like this one. If you could just – if you can run the rock and limit turnovers – I think it's going to be hard for South Carolina to beat them. Yeah, and we don't need to itemize the mistakes from the Ole Miss game. It's been talked about to death. But, like, those long explosive pass plays that are hitting fingertips but not getting reeled in, those are the close things, right? Yeah, but those go balls, like, those go balls, those are, like, you don't need a lot of – it's not a deep over route. You don't need a lot of protection to get those off. You know, whether it's under center or the gun, you just need – two seconds, and then you can throw it deep. And so that's something I think they're really going to need to go to here um, moving forward, uh, especially if Barry and Brown can start getting releases off the line of scrimmage. It's, that's his biggest thing there. 
Um, yeah, because he's so small, get, right? Well, yeah, just and he's so fast that if he gets a, a clean release at the line, it's uh, he's off. It's good night. It's good night, Irene. Right? I mean, but you know, for now, for him though, like you've got to got a lot of mouths to feed to. Like you got to get him the ball. Like he got it on something, whether it's in like just even if it's a reverse or whatever, he needs to touch the ball. He and still hasn't done a jet sweep yet. What the hell? Like. It's not did that he hard. Do, I thought he did. We did one week one or week two. I got him with a with a rushing attempt. I think it was some type of jet sweep early. But either either it, way, they they need he needs more touches, you know. And I, I think Dane Key like needs more targets. Um, they just got a lot of mouths to feed, and they need to stop taking negative plays, whether it's sacks, or tackles for loss. Uh, like that's the biggest issue I think with this offense because efficiency. They're doing some good things. There's explosiveness in the passing game you just need to stay ahead of schedule and then hopefully start hitting some chunk run plays to, and that'll open everything up well and that's one thing i wanted to mention too i mean levis is top 10 in quarterback rating yards per attempt passes of 40 and 50 yards or more and in overall passing yards he's 21st in fbs like it's it's to say that out loud and still 68 percent completion rate too it's not like he's throwing yeah, not like Kentucky's like, hitting an 80-yard bomb and then five, six incompletions in a row. Like, the ball is being caught. That, that's what I mean. Like, it's not like he's – the offense, you feel like it has a lot left to give, and they've still done a lot of good things, right? So, it does feel like they're close, and I guess we th- – this is the game where the benefit of the doubt goes away, right? Because you're entering week six. This is right when they started to turn things on last year. That LSU game, Levis looked like a man on a mission. And, and you know, they, they did have a lot of new pieces, right? So you you can't solve all of your problems overnight. But you know what? We're, we're halfway through. We're about halfway into the season. Like, this, this is the point. This is where you figure your stuff out. Um, and you have to because that Mississippi State 335 is going to give them fits. Um, at least in this game, um, as Freddie alluded to earlier in this week, Brad White versus – Satterfield is the biggest mismatch on the field. I'd be shocked if South Carolina gets more than 14 points in this game. I, I would. I just I, I find a hard time well, seeing them just, getting three scores. Turnovers are going to be huge. Special teams. Yeah, unless it's turnovers or special teams, right? Like, which is – this is really – like, let's just say what it is. Ole Miss, Kentucky beat themselves. The only way you lose to South Carolina is if you just beat yourselves and you got to beat the shit out of yourselves too. This team is not Ole Miss. Yeah. So go out there, execute, and just because, and that's and that's really like they're not an NFL team, right? Like college, there's always going to be some mistakes out there. They're college kids; it's not, it's never going to be a clean football game. But they, they can execute much more soundly. They can mitigate these backbreaking plays that are keeping this offense from being one of the best in the country. Yeah. Um. Quick thing, I think playing Ole Miss this year will help in that Mississippi State game. That they've seen a three-three-three defense once, I think that's going to help a lot right. for next week. We can get into that next week, but I think that's going to help a lot. Secondly, yeah, I mean, to me, like this feels like a game, Nick, where Kentucky gets a lead, and it's how close can South Carolina keep it for the rest of the game, and then mm-hmm. what if they can hang around long enough to go win in the fourth quarter? Um, and to me, it's going to be hard for them one to put drives together if Kentucky can stop the run because I don't necessarily believe Rattler can put enough drives together. And two, it comes down to um, – it's going to come down to situational football. Kentucky's going to move it. Um, two big things this week, Nick. South Carolina's defense has been bad in situations here. Uh, they're 113th nationally in third down slash fourth down conversion rate. They don't get Ooh. off the field on third down. They're 112th nationally in red zone touchdown percentage, um, the defense. So when teams get in the red zone, they score. They're scoring seventy-seven percent of the time. So for Kentucky, like that's where the that's where the game's going to be. To me, it's that it's turnovers in this situational football on offense. Can they, when Kentucky creates scoring opportunities, can they finish with touchdowns and points to give them a comfortable lead, or do they mess around and find themselves in a really tight ball game again? Like that's where I think the game is going to be determined. Because you look at the numbers, like turnover wise, like it. A lot would have to go South Carolina's way for them to be plus three on a team again. Um, they're not forcing fumbles. All their 
other things have been – other turnovers have really been interceptions, I think, outside of one. And then they're, they're throwing interceptions and putting the ball on the turf on offense. So you play that to – if you're Kentucky, you play it to even. You don't give them anything cheap special teams-wise. You should be able to handle this as long as you finish drives on offense. And to me, that's what the game comes down to. And you, you pointed out earlier in the week, too, on the Kentucky defensive side of things, there's been, what, 20-some-odd PBUs and only four interceptions? Yeah, they're, they're at typically 20 – you should intercept 25 total percent on, on like, average of passes defense. So you combine PBUs and interceptions, 25% of those. Should typically be interceptions. Kentucky's right at like twelve or thirteen percent with their number. Mm-hmm. So you keep getting ball production; those are going to turn into interceptions. Um, Which, Spencer Rattler's actually been a little bit unlucky, Nick. Over half of his total passes defended have turned into interceptions. Um, there was two last week where they they hit the receivers' hands; um, and they landed in the defenders' arms. One he threw high. The if it, the, the South Carolina receiver kind of jumps, try to catch it, tips it up, and that allowed Georgia State to intercept it. Like, he's gotten some bad breaks on these interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this is the week Kentucky can can get them because he will, they'll, they, they will, Kentucky will have chances at picks this week. And they, like, just like they did last week, they have to seal the, seal the ball up and catch it when, they, when those opportunities come. Seal that deal. Um, should be a good atmosphere, though. 730. Beautiful, beautiful weather. I mean, you can't ask for a better Keeneland Kentucky football daily double. I think it's like highs at like 73 or something. It's going to be like have a hoodie on um, at yeah. at night. I mean, it's going to be – Yeah. Just, oh. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Put a little bourbon blanket on. Um, I've seen the tickets are sold out, but like you, you can find them pretty much wherever on the secondary market. So it should be a, a, a full packed house. Um Maybe a few more fans than Vanderbilt. I don't know. Steven Garcia, did he take one too many hits in the head? Like, that dude, he, Just, he's, he's a little off his rocker. It's it's Kentucky week in South Carolina. They do this every year. It's it's very much, you know, it's not – it's nothing. it has nothing really to do with Kentucky. It has everything to do about South Carolina this week. But the problem is there's no context. There's no context with what Kentucky is doing. It's just it's Kentucky. Um, we should be Kentucky every year. There's no context that Kentucky's won 50-something games in the last whatever years. There's no context that Mark Stoops has been here 10 years. He's one of the best coaches in SEC. There's no context to, you know, we've lost. We've lost now all these games for a reason. And it's not just – it's not the old Kentucky that's beating them. It's the new Kentucky. That's the, pro, that's the problem with South Carolina um, this week. And you're, you see, you're seeing that play out. And Steve Garcia, they, he's trying to be a lightning rod, so. Yeah. They're living in 2008, right? Steve Spurrier still got his uh, visor on the sideline. They're rocking yeah. and rolling. But it's more um, so. It's not just. It's their media and their fans both. Um, it's very much. I think people have a hard time getting it through their thick skulls that Kentucky's good at football. Like this. It, 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 I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> I, I, it's just very hard for people to. To understand that, um, especially like if you're a South Carolina fan around Orange, Nick, you, all you knew was like beating Kentucky every year. You, you didn't, you know, mm-hmm. but you look up, you know, South Carolina won 13 out of 14. Like Kentucky's won seven out of eight now. Yep. They're getting pretty close to what you grew up with this last haven't, eight years. Haven't won in Lexington since 2012. Yeah. Been a long time. Long time. Yeah. So uh, the, and they almost lost that game too, which if we're talking about the number, Ten and a half is about perfect because I want to say it's almost the average margin over the last. Yeah, it just dropped to nine and a half right before or right did. today at DraftKings. Okay. Um, um, most of the money is on Kentucky here, just like last week. Um, just except Kentucky's a favorite and not the dog, but so that's interesting. But yeah. I thought the line was good. Ten, ten and a half is what I would have said it at. I right, right, line. and. It's just a little um, – what's the word I'm looking for? It feels like the game will be around that, right, where he goes up a couple scores. How, as you put it, how well will South Carolina hang into for – I kind of see this game going how the Missouri game went a year ago where they're doing some yeah, great things. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez rushed for 200 yards. Everybody feel a lot better. Let's, <laughs> let's have that play out. That would be nice. Yeah. 
But like that Missouri game, though, you could have won by four. You you could have been up by twenty eight points going into halftime. You make a mistake, they hang around longer than you expect. Yeah. You never felt like Kentucky was going to lose, but the final score, you're like, wait, that was only a seven ten point game. Like you might be sweating out that nine and a half point line. Uh, I'm probably going to end up staying away from it. Yeah, I very much feel like South Carolina is probably going to cover that number. I feel like it's going to be in. There's going to be part in the fourth quarter where it's going to get a little too close for comfort. But I think Kentucky's going to win. They got the better team. They should win. But they ha- they just aren't great. Awful loss on their stoops, Nick. Um, let me pull it up here. 6-14-1 against the spread. After, it says 26-17 after a loss with nine outright defeats. Yeah. yeah it's just not, it's not great. But there's some trends going their way, too. Um, eight and one ATS against South Carolina since Stoops got here. Um, South Carolina has been a nine to thirteen point dog since nine times next since twenty seventeen. They are zero and nine against the spread. With losses to Clemson twice, A and M twice, Georgia, Ole Miss, Kentucky in twenty twenty, Missouri and Tennessee. Usually, over the last five years, when they get in a spot like this where teams are de- this much different than each other, they get hammered. Um. And as a dog in general, since that big upset win over Georgia in 2019, they are two and seven against the spread as a road dog with zero outright wins. Um, the only covers were as huge, huge uh, dogs. Once against a Florida team that won the East in 2020, and a second against the Georgia team that won the national championship in 2021. So this is not a spot they play well in either. You know, like <laughs> so, like uh, the rubber rubber's meeting the road here. So one side yeah, is going to yeah. come out. On the other, to me, it's all about just finding a way to win this game, win it, get the run game going a little bit, and then get ready for Mississippi State. I don't know what else more to say other than that. I think, obviously, the, this game has lost a little bit of the steam. You know, South Carolina slow start, but then Kentucky, the way they lost, I think people are still kind of licking their wounds a little bit in town here. So, in you know, South Carolina's got it circled. The start could be huge in this game. Not letting South Carolina get out to a hot start. Um, you get a lead early, you can really kind of set the tone of the game. And so, um, to me, it's going to be early, the early start watching that. And then Kentucky, can they finish their drives with touchdowns against a bad situational defense over at South Carolina? Mm-hmm. And you look at it just overall, Nick, they, they're better on – Kentucky's better on offense. They're better on defense. They should win the game. They just got to go do it. Yep. Go do it. Let's eradicate these special teams' mistakes. Uh, yeah, I do want to say this. Like, I don't care. Like, Matt Ruffalo is who he is. Like, he's not He's not pushing, like, for being one of the best Kentucky kickers of all time. Um, you get outside of 35, he's going to miss some, you know, but he's proven he can make some for 52. You just got to live with it. Mm-hmm. To me, it's all about the height on his kicks. Like the field goal, he got height on it, you know. So you know you're gonna miss some of those. I, I didn't really have an issue that the extra point, you don't have much height on it, you know. And so that's the thing with him. It's just, it's just up and down. I, I don't really blame a lot on him. Holder needs to catch a snap. I agree with Mark Stoops. That needs to be that needs to be a catch and put down. It wasn't a great snap, but you got to put that one down. But yeah, it's just, and- it's just been a, it's been the oddest special teams year. Because, because as they have, said, we haven't so good. <laughs> like, we haven't even like Tavian Robinson's going to bust one. He had here. a fifty yarder, but he, yeah, you're right. Like he's going to, yeah. he's got more yeah. in the tank. He's going to bust one. Barry Brown's ridiculous. Even Colin Goodfellow like sucked the first two weeks, and now he's hitting. <laughs> or excuse me. <laughs> well, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> now he's hitting bombs. <laughs> now he's hitting bombs. <laughs> Trey, you might need to edit. Or not Trey. Uh, Steven, you might need to edit that. Whew. See, Beamer gets me going. I can't. I can't help it. He just gets me going. You wearing those stupid sunglasses? And you get all worked up. But it's been just the oddest. It's been the oddest special teams here. Let's just play a game like down the middle here. Like just <laughs> nothing crazy. Like let's just everybody just calm down. All all PATs made. No blocks. Minimal returns on both sides. Just call it a day at the office. Oh. It's been the oddest special teams. I don't even want to get mad at them because some like a lot of it's just like stupid oh. stuff. Yeah, just pick up the ball, right? Like just grab it, put it down. 
Yeah, and Chance Poor, he also has had touchbacks like 90% of the time, and then he just randomly kicked one out of bounds. I think something weird was just happening in that stadium last Saturday, right? Like, there was just a lot of weird juju. You had weird wind gusts. The sun was blinding everybody. Uh, Sean McDonough crapped on their media setup, which I kind of <laughs> felt that energy because it was cramped up in there, in that box. And I guess the radio or the TV booth was really small, too. The sun was right in their eyes. Uh, I, I, I felt McDonough on that. Yeah. Uh, so I got a good chuckle. No one else cares, but I got a good chuckle out of that. <laughs> you know what else I got a good chuckle at right now? Like it. What's that? All these coaches getting fired. It's a lot of coaches getting fired. And none of them's names are Scott Satterfield or Brian Harson or Eli Drinkwitz, right? Like a lot of guys you thought when people were writing coaching carousel things preseason. I mean, Scott Frost was the only obvious one that's been canned. Um, but, yeah, we have five job openings. I guess Herm Edwards, too, because they were in a ton of trouble. But already have five job openings. Might might have another one this weekend. Uh, Auburn's a 30-point dog to Georgia. Yeah, if this one feels like it. Uh, let him take the Georgia beating. Get, you know, like Cadillac be the interim head coach, um, the running backs coach, the former star running back, something like that. That feels like where that's headed. A lot of buyout money, though. Um, a lot moving. And I do think the interesting part of it is when you look at it from um, – if you look at it from the perspective of the, like the supply and demand, there's going to be a lot of job openings, right? And we saw a ton last offseason, a lot of big ones. But I'm just curious, like, like let, let's say Louisville does get rid of Satterfield. They do the – like, well, let's just say they don't get Jeff. Jeff Brown. They are so far down the list among the coaching ranks. Now, granted, Wisconsin, they might do the interim thing, just keep Jim Leonard around. That's what it feels like. But when you see what else is out there, what else is available, like, it, it really is – they could end up with another Scott Satterfield very easily, who might as well be Steve Cragthorpe 2.0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, see, we're seeing it set up that way. To me, if Louisville got in this search, there's going to be the clear top jobs, and then they're going to kind of kind of be in that second tier competing with an Arizona State and whoever, whatever other jobs in that kind of tier open. The guys typically, Nick, that are going to Auburn or that Auburn would hire aren't wouldn't typically consider Louisville. Um, that's no shot to Louisville. That's just where they are in the pecking order. For Louisville, I think it's just like any school like Louisville, I would say you're just better off finding a P5 coordinator that you think is good, um, that has, you know, high-level power five pedigree and bringing him in and rolling the dice with him. It's what worked out best for them, Charlie Strong. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what Kentucky did with Stoops. Um, and even like – even Sam Pittman's different, but it's even what he – I mean, he was a longtime Power 5 coach at the highest level. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I would, And then I would figure out what if they want to – they're probably going to want to lean offense. Do you want to get into the tempo game, hurry up, no huddle game? Do you think that's something you could be successful at? And it's like Kendall Browse. It's guys – of that kind of background mm-hmm. that I would be looking at if I, if I were them, but you know, I'm not them. So who knows what they're going to do? Who knows what they're going to do? But that's what I would look for. Like if Kentucky, like for Kentucky, like we've had, we've had two coaches here that have succeeded, which really kind of a no, like an old school, older school football approach, which is just running the football not not taking a back seat, uh, not being afraid to you know speak out for the for their program, and Rich, and Rich Brooks and Mark Stoops and both are from a defensive background. So for me, for Kentucky, I'm always looking at kind of defensive coaches uh, for this job. I think that's shown what is what has worked. You need kind of that mentality um, here. That's I think that's what works best. Uh, but yeah, it's I mean it's different uh, different for everyone, and I guess like. These jobs are going to open, but like none of them are like blue chip jobs. Even the Auburn job's not a blue chip job. It's not a come in. Yeah, especially it's with not, the way it's that... not USC. It's not yeah. Oklahoma. 
like last year. Uh, not Notre Dame. It's not LSU. It, this is – it's going to take some building there and some patience. And so what does that talent pool look like? I mean, it's a scary, scary hire for Auburn. I mean, they haven't even happened yet. And then I'm really intrigued to see, like, what Nebraska does because that's the one that could, I could see, cause some ripple effects because I know what Wisconsin's doing. They did this to keep Jim Jim Leonard. He was probably – I mean, I would imagine they they did this because he was probably leaving after this year if they kept Paul Christ. Right. I mean, that's that's why they did it. They can say what they want, but that's what what they did it. He This is the guy who turned down the Packers' defensive coordinator job like two years ago. Um, he's turned down other overtures because he wanted to stay at Wisconsin. He wanted to be Wisconsin's next head coach. But it, the things got was going so bad, he knew he had to get out of there. So now, yeah. now they're just they're just they're getting rid of all the dumb stuff and they're just getting to it right now. And Jim Leonard's gonna be their head coach. So like that was a guy defense score. He was on my short list. Hmm, um, if Stoops left, um, so he, I think he's gonna do for just fine there. Um, what I'm really interested in is like these Arizona State, Nebraska, those two. Could like if you got a good person there that that those got those two programs could become forces. It's just getting the right person there. The uh, the my favorite part about this too is now we're going to get a lot. This is the big coach prime uh carousel where everyone just writes a paragraph about Deion Sanders when yeah. they're doing it. Yeah, um, I, imagine I saw, go ahead. I saw Louisville fans actually being like, Well, what. It's like, dude, Deion Sanders is the most lovable coach ever. He's way out of your league, though. Like, you can't get Deion Sanders. Deion's going. I, I don't. I don't know which. I, I'm fascinated by which job is it that will ultimately pull him from there because I think he's going to stay at that level until he just has the 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 ideal setting for what he wants. I don't know what that is. I can't get inside his brain. But like Louisville, they love the cocky ass coach from Florida, right? Like that is yeah. He That's be the their perfect coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even Louisville fans, like, they, they're just not going to know how to handle this. They've, they've lost their minds, frankly. Like, trying to keep up with them. They've been so bad at everything for so long. Like, their brains just can't take it. So, they, they're yeah. going to have – it's going to be a rough time for the for the Cardinal fans here for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Like, Georgia Tech is kind of interesting for Dion, just because of that Atlanta area mm-hmm. and all that. But it's hard to get in school there. So True. recruiting there, recruiting there has its difficulties, no matter who you are, because it's it's academic, it's academic, it's academics. I mean, it's not yeah. anything, else. and that that institution has not really proven to be like seems like all in to make sure we can get it done in football either, and so that that is a concern um, there. I, yeah, I, I mean, other than that, like I mean, like could you imagine Dion and Auburn's booster culture getting along? <laughs> like that's oh, not gonna happen. Like that's that, that just doesn't seem like a fit. Um, Remember when, the, like, they said Mitch Barnhart was on the short list to be yeah, Auburn got, next uh, AD. Oh, yeah, they they had him on a short list. I mean, Mitch kind of did that at Kentucky when he came in and he got rid of the good old boys club. It wasn't as nearly as chaotic as Auburn's good old boys club is. So maybe that's a lot of thing. I can't. Imagine. Well, they, they need to just probably hire somebody off Mitch's tree. He's got eight thousand of them. Ads, yeah, yeah, kind of do that. Yeah, that's that's their biggest issue. Um, Auburn, I'm fascinated by that hire. Um, it seems like Bill O'Brien's going to get a job. Like his, you see his name floated out everywhere. Alabama's he was a GA. Like <laughs> yeah, he was a GA at Georgia Tech or an assistant under Chan Gailey when like they were good early in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. That feels like he'll be the feels next like coach it. at Georgia Tech to me. Um, uh, Ryan Walters, who Drinkowitz either didn't get along with or they decided to part ways. He's at Illinois now, defense coordinator. I'm a younger black guy. He's 34-35. So Illinois' defense has been awesome since he's been there. He's mm-hmm. a Colorado alum. Like Colorado, don't matter. That's who you need to hire. Um, I feel bad for Colorado because they got unlucky with how the Mel Tucker stuff ended. Yeah. And, it was uh, uh, late, late in the process, too. Yeah. You kind of got – He was starting to get something going there, and then – he just went to Michigan mm-hmm. State. And like they did it immediately. Where what he should have really probably been doing at Colorado that year, that big year they had probably should have been Colorado's team, except it was Michigan State team. Mm. Um, so that stinks. Um, and Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins, I, I, Jeff Collins get, took that job like two years too early. He needed to wait till the portal came. 
Yeah. Because I'm not saying he wouldn't have not – he probably wouldn't have got fired regardless, but made that job a lot harder than it needed to be with um, new coach, COVID, and then portal. He needed the portal right away. If you get the portal right away, it looks – You can change up the scheme, right? right? You can get rid of the triple option and kind of phase out those people. Well, year two, you have, a, you have a roster that can – that can compete. Like, look at Arizona right now. Their roster year one was terrible. Fish had a good recruiting class. Pulls a couple guys from the portal. They're, like, competitive now in the Pac-12. Um, where Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, it was just a total train wreck from start to finish with college. Mm-hmm. Hey, but they beat Pitt, though. They did. The ACC Coastal. <laughs> Gift that keeps on giving. It really is a, a treat. And um, Kentucky, they'll be treating some recruits to big-time visits this weekend. Um, the big one, D-Bell, uh, Demetrius Bell, wide receiver from uh, Nash. I don't know. He's Central Tennessee. He's an NPA guy, right? National yeah, Playmaker National. Academy. Um, but D-Bell, talented wide receiver. He's on an official visit. Former Michigan State commit. He's the big one. Um, I've seen uh, Gavin Grover, tight end from Owen Tangy in Ohio's. He's visiting this weekend. This is the first big recruiting weekend Kentucky's had during the season. Yeah, yeah. Godfrey's supposed to make Grant Godfrey's supposed to make his OV one of these next two weekends. It's either this game or next weekend. I think it's Mississippi State. Okay. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, the next two weeks these primetime games. Yeah, Demetrius uh, Bell is a name people need to keep an eye on. Yeah, feels like it's either going to be him or Carmelo English and. I think they feel a little bit better with maybe how they can get Bell, you know? Strengthening that relationship with MPA. Yeah, that's significant. It's it's a big deal. Wade's were there. Barry Brown. Yeah, right. Keep keep taking players from what should be a major Tennessee pipeline. That sort of deal. If you um, (laughs) – If you just search Barry Brown on Twitter after the big game he had Saturday – you saw some of the some of all Twitter was like, yeah, what, what the hell? Oh, Miss Twitter doing? too. They, yeah, I, they were they were wanting to trade Jordan Watkins for Barry on Brown because they were recruiting Brown pretty mm-hmm. late. Uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's awesome. Keep feeding him the rock. I want to yeah. see one of those over routes this weekend, like it, that you've been talking about. Yeah, I want to just get him on a crosser with that engine revved up. Where you just throw it out, let him go run and get it right. Right. Yeah. Um, what are you like? What would what's gonna make you nervous on Saturday, Nick? Like in this game, like like when you're watching this game, what is it, what is a thing you don't want to see that would make like things a little hairy here for Kentucky? Really, it's just more red zone turnovers because they've been so bad in the red zone, and Rich kind of blew that off as like, well, we were throwing fades in week two, and it's like, well. Th- that's not why your red zone stinks. It's not exclusively why. Like that, it's been a kind of consistent problem. I think they're only scoring touchdowns what fifty percent of the time or something like that. The red zone offense stinks. So if you got Chris Rodriguez rocking and rolling, the running game's finally feeling good, and then you have a fumble in the red zone like that, that's the sort of stuff that can really prevent your team from getting the full confidence they need to get in this game. Right? This should be a game that instills a lot of confidence in your offense to get things done. And that's what will worry me. Yeah, for me, it's not falling in a hole early. As long as they don't get down early in the game, I think they're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I think starts huge. I mean, look at the two SEC games, Nick. They fell down in the first half, both both contests. And I think they deferred in both. So, Anna Luckett's are out. No, I think they did the right thing there, but, like, they, they, they can't happen. They can't happen this week. Well, they lost like it, so it's the wrong thing. <laughs> well, they were one and one. They won. They beat Florida. They lost this week, right? What? What? You are what your your last game is. You're I uh, so that that is my concern. Like they can't be starting this slow, and especially like Ole Miss was. I didn't blank because you had to face the tempo and you had to face Lane Kiffin's script in the first big game of the season. Uh, like Ole Miss was scoring on their first couple possessions. Uh, I, I think that was pretty cool. I mean, we established that last week. For this week, it's Scott, it's Marcus Satterfield. No, I, you, you should be ready to, to stop this offense um, that South Carolina has. And offensively, you need, to, you need to come out and you need to be able to run the ball and you need to keep, hopefully keep your quarterback clean and you need to be able to 
move the ball and score points on this deep, on the South Carolina defense. So for me, it's all in the start. Do not if, if they fiddle around at the start, like we saw against Northern Illinois, like we've seen against my. I mean, they've gotten down a lot early in these games. For me, I, I don't want to see that happen. This one, um, take care of business early, and then you, they should be in pretty good shape for the rest of the game. Don't fiddle around. Um, don't bring your fiddle to Kroger Field either. So, uh, R.I.P. Loretta Lynn. I'm sure they'll be playing some of that at the Krogue. Um, Chrome domes are coming out. I'm, I'm sure so they'll be accompanied by some anthracite. I can feel it in my bones. Um, so should be an exciting Saturday. You don't think no, no New Jersey's, Nick? You don't think they're breaking out New Jersey's? I swear to God, if anybody <laughs> ever asked me about a New Jersey, or New, no, we're not getting any special stuff, all right? We're gonna. Uh, Steven's going to be working overtime trying to edit out all our cursing. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, walk it over here dropping F-bombs. Um, <laughs> Punch just get me fired up. What can I say? Oh man! Hopefully, Stoops that he'll get he'll get the boys fired up. He'll wear some stupid sunglasses. Just don't just be careful wearing sunglasses too close around Mark Stoops this week. He might just grab them and snap them. Never know. You never know. Um, should be an exciting one though. Hopefully, the cats get a hat out of here with the win. Hopefully, you're subscribed to KSR on YouTube, and we'll have a lot more coming up. Pick three on Thursday. A lot of fun stuff, rapid reaction after the game. So keep it locked to the KSR YouTube page. We'll be back here next week on 11 Personnel each and every Wednesday evening. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.